you've been looking for a podcast to help you transform your physical and mental one that'll shoot you straight between the eyes with truth and no bs helping you have the right mindset to accomplish things the iron will and fortitude to follow through with what you say you're going to do no excuses Mark owns martial arts schools, and after 30 years, he has some real insight for real talk, real life, real conversations, motivational, fitness, self-defense, weight loss, live from the Great 1-8. This is Real Talk with Mark Cox. That's pretty awesome, right? That was so awesome. Thinking I, mean, about, I, was, I was dancing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that that's that was uh somebody did that for me a while ago and I said, "Man, that's just a neat little thing for the opening of my show." And you know, you're the, yeah, the second one I've talked to Emilio a little bit cuz I think I'm going to rebrand my show a little bit. I'm going to I'm not going to uh, I'm going to try and change the name a little bit and I think I'm going to go along with the same with my book. I think I'm going to call it Beyond the Map Podcast. Oh, and awesome. uh and so a little bit more, you know, rebranding and it'll still be real talk for sure. But it's just uh, I think branding along with the book, I think is going to be something that I'm, I'm I'm kind of playing with right now. And we'll see how that goes. Yeah, that'd be something special, man. Absolutely. Yeah. So, well, let me introduce you, Patrick. I want to introduce you first. I'm going to go over your bio just a little bit with you and then we'll get we'll get going. And I'm looking forward to this interview and those that are listening Get your pen and pencils out because you're gonna we're we're gonna hear some stuff about the IRS and our favorites. You know, if there's anybody I'd like to put in the ring just for five minutes, would be the IRS. You know, the only people that take all your money that make absolutely nothing except use your money. It's amazing to me. All right, well, who I have today, guys, is Patrick Rude, originally from Jackson, Michigan, now the owner of Rude Financial Services tax strategy, CFO firm that have three locations, currently one in Michigan, Philadelphia, Tampa, Florida. They are currently covering clients in over 13 states across the country. Patrick is a Grant Cardone certified 10X coach and speaker, a two-time award-winning international bestseller, and the author of the new book, The IRS, Dirty Little Secrets. Patrick is a Guinness Book of World Record holder and formerly a Dave Ramsey ELP. What's a Dave Ramsey ELP? I endorse local provider. So essentially, well, okay. He's one of the guys that talks about like if you're looking for, right? uh, That's yes, okay. That's 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 what I thought. He's the zero debt guy. Debt is bad. Debt is evil. That's that's. And what do you? Yes. And what do you think about that? So it's it's interesting. People used to be like, "Well, how are you a Grant Cardone guy and a Dave Ramsey guy?" At the same time, <laughs> that's correct. And I'm like, look, mommy and daddy don't have to fight. All right. <laughs> that's, that's, that's awesome, they, right? You speak to two totally separate audiences, right? So Dave mm-hmm. Ramsey's talking to the regular guy who's struggling, who's trying to get out of debt, who's drowning, who was never taught financial education principles on a base level. Somebody that just wants to have a comfortable life, be able to retire and 
be able to potentially pass something on to their kids, right? Now, on the other hand, Grant Cardone is talking to people that want to make serious money, right? That want to play the money game. That's mm-hmm. the people Grant Cardone talks to. They're not talking to the same people, right? Eventually, the people that become financially free through Dave Ramsey eventually learn that there's a ceiling on what they do. See, Jose's getting on his flight right now. He's going to be here. Yeah. Well, that's why Jose's not here because that's why you're okay and you don't have bags under your eyes because, you know, he'll drink you under the table. Because we didn't Uh, go until 6 a.m. Yeah, that's correct. (laughs) So, so they're, 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 the Dave Ramsey people eventually realize that they hit a ceiling with their wealth, right? There's only so far they can go with debt-free, zero, you know, buying everything in cash. Um, because the one thing that that automatically actually creates is a hefty level of taxation. Dave Ramsey has an amazing program. He's a great guy. Financial Peace University is an amazing thing to educate people on finances, but it can get you debt free, but it may not ever be able to get you financially free, which means getting you out of your nine to five, getting you off of um, paying, you know, tens of thousands of dollars to the IRS and taxes, things like that. Right. So, right. And I agree. So, I, I, you know, financial peace gave me some peace. I'm one of these guys that you're kind of talking about. Somebody that was a 465 credit score dude, debt, buying cars, having two major car payments back in the day. I remember I had a brand new car. My ex had a brand new car. We were drowning in debt and it was brutal, man. And yeah. it was making payments. And I look back on all the money wasted and not invested on depreciating assets because nobody in high school, nobody in college taught how money works. So you drown in debt and that don't they, isn't that what they do anyway? They make a college student try and, and be in debt. So you're a hundred thousand dollars in debt by the time you get out of college on some liberal arts. Um, Crap. <laughs> right. I was like, I'm just like, what the frick, man? You know, yeah, I, you know, no, go it's creating it's creating a generation of indentured servants. Correct. I that's, agree that's, with that. That's what it's that's what it comes down to. The one of one of my favorite quotes um, was from a man named Bill Britt, um, a very successful entrepreneur. But he said, I would rather have my um, body enslaved and my mind be free than my mind enslaved while my body's free. Oh, excellent quote. That's and that's a hundred percent. I remember this being like um like this weight on my shoulder, right? Of every time I turn around, I've got a thousand dollars. I remember I had about a thousand dollars a month in two car payments, right? Yeah. I didn't own a home. I was only leasing, and I didn't know how to how to how to maneuver that i thought having the shiny toy the shiny uh the shiny thing the the shiny uh, jaguar and the brand new escalade or whatever it is i had at the time not escalade i, I wasn't i wasn't that uh, you weren't that ball um, and so uh you know, does Marcox look like he's gonna drive an escalate around uh and so 
excursion. That's what I had. I had an excursion, a Ford excursion. And so, uh, and you know, Justin's here too, man. Is he a cool guy or what? Have you got to meet him? I, I don't know if I've gotten to meet Justin or not. He's the one that but... lost 600 pounds, bro. 600 pounds. No, surgery. no, I saw, I saw him. I saw him on the, on the thing at the event, but I, I've never actually yes. gotten to have a conversation with him. Good but, dude. Yeah. Awesome guy. Can't, I can't wait. I'm looking go. forward to getting Justin on his show too, man. One day, yeah. Him and I, him and I've got a lot of things in common. Trust me. Okay. He being uh, back in the day. So anyway, so I want to get back to this. So what I did, right? I had this 465 score, and I didn't really know what that what that entailed. I could hardly get a cell phone, let alone any kind of credit, right? Right. And my girl today, I've told you that before, she's more financially fit than I ever was, right? And debt was never been her thing, but she she knows, and she's the one that helped me. And today, you know, I have an 815 score, right? I'm in that top, top, whatever, right, in this score. And so, and here's a question. You're a money guy. How come females always have higher scores? My mom has a higher score than my pops, and they're like at eight. My mom's at that eight fifty range. So there's and a. I don't understand. There's I, a how phenomenon. is it? That I don't know what it is, and you, please somebody correct me if this is if if I'm just losing my mind. But women tend to, on average, seem, and the, I don't have any financial data to back this up, but experience, right? They seem to feel a lot worse about missing financial payments than men do we're like if it's not a priority it's not happening (laughs) (laughs) and you're right about that she's the same way you know she's the one that gets the dmv three months in advance and she's gonna i'm the one that pays it on the day it's due she's the one that pays it three months in advance I'm like, man, yeah. they ain't giving the state any more time than they need, man. Oh. They can blow. What happens if yeah. I sell it within these three months? You know, this is how I think, right? <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm like, I'm waiting till the last second to pay for it. I don't care. And so that's that's definitely that's definitely one thing that I did. And now I will say this: we did get debt free. We even have a small property. Think about this, dude. About five or six years ago, Kat and I bought a small piece of property, a two-bedroom, one-bath in Georgia, Statesboro, Georgia. It was $42,000. Yeah. $42,000. Today, today, we just got an assessment that it's, you know, that's doubled in thing, but we actually paid that off last year. So all of our rent from that now it's is, all cash. It's all, it's all cash, cash now, right? Yeah. Right. So. But now let me ask you this from a financial standpoint, right? So listening to other people and kind of getting around the market of, I didn't realize if we sold that, Patrick, you tell me if this is correct. Now, if we went and sold that and we didn't reinvest it, we'd have some capital gains we'd have to pay. Is that correct? Is that how that works? Specifically. Yep. Yeah. Right. Um, so it depends. It depends on how it's it depends on how the sale is structured and how many. Um, I mean, technically, how many other properties you own. Right. Because if mm-hmm. that could be considered a second home, then it may fall under some different exclusion guidelines than if it was just a traditional rental property. But it depends on what the history of the property has been, how long you've owned the property. There's some other factors that come into play, um, but there's this nifty little thing called a 1031 exchange 
where mm -hmm. you can actually sell that property the money from that sale goes into a trust and then you buy another property with the proceeds from that sale and you never pay capital gains on it and so it rolls in now tell me this is where this debt thing comes into play so what happens if you go in now and you grab 45,000 out of the equity is that tax free money and turn That's around and invest money. it yeah tax free money and buy another asset yep yep now now is that a strategy for people that make money to create wealth yeah absolutely is that, is that, is that a wealth strategy it is it's called the burr strategy actually so there's it's a the going a little bit more into it it's buy um rehab rent um refinance right mm -hmm. so b b and three r's right um when you do that you take the equity back out of the home after you uh upgrade the home or you renovate it whatever get a renter in there get rental income coming in so that it pays for the mortgage or whatever you've got on it then you take out the equity you've got in the home after the renovation or after it's appreciated and then you roll that into another property use that as a down payment or buy it outright in cash and then the cool thing is is that once you have um um and there's there's actually a couple couple other things you can do to increase your basis right so any renovations that you do over the course of time you can also write all those off for depreciation and things like that right so don't ever leave that out that's good money on the table um but then with this next property uh you've got bonus you've got depreciation there too so theoretically in a considerable number of years the rental properties rental properties may be cash flow positive but because of depreciation and other expenses having to do with the properties they may actually not show a profit on paper that's why real estate is a wealth creation technique um, or strategy yes that's that is um yeah that is this is one thing i remember a long time ago patrick my my mentor, I don't know if I told you the story. You and I got to kind of sit together for a while, right? We've got some personal stuff that's the same. And we got to speak a little bit. But my mentor, I remember when I was first opening up my school, one thing he told me, he goes, he owned his property. And so I'll never forget this as a young, young entrepreneur. I was drowning, right? And I, I need to find somebody that can help me understand. I can teach you know, I can fight, I can do all that stuff, but how to run a business, man, I'm telling you from like even beginner little things like, you know, A, B, and C, how to get a business license, all that kind of stuff. <clears throat> and I had this very finite amount of money that I could use in order to get this. And then little things happen, right? Like the Edison bill says, you don't have any history with us. We need a thousand dollars from you in a deposit that you can't get back for a year. And you got to come up with little things like that. I mean, that and a thousand dollars, it might as well have been ten thousand dollars at that point, selling right? guitars, selling guitars and all this stuff that I had to have do in order to try and get that money. And so he sells. He tells me the building that he's in is Taekwondo University. He goes, this building is mine. I own this building. And once it was at a certain level, 
He took all his equity out and paid cash for his home. So the home has a zero mortgage. And now he's like paying on this interest loan that he got out of, out of his equity, which is a, now a business write-off. And he owns the property. I was like, and he owns his house outright. And I'll never forget that going, that is, where do, where do you learn stuff like that? Nowhere that I knew. There's not. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's the school of hard knocks, man. I mean, even, even, even in college, they don't teach, they don't teach half of the stuff that I implement and half the stuff that I help my clients with. I didn't learn in school. Well, no more than half. I'd say probably about 90%. I didn't learn in school. In school, I learned about debits, credits. I learned about, you know, basic math, calculus, geometry, all that BS English, Mm -hmm. you know, I learned the, the, the R's reading, writing and arithmetic, right? Correct. (laughs) Um, Correct. But it it's it it doesn't college doesn't prepare you for the stuff you need for real life, right? The best advice that I ever got, and I talk about it a little bit in my book, is you got to get you got to get your trifecta. You got to get a good banker, especially if you're going to be an entrepreneur. You got to get a good banker. You got to get a good lawyer, and you got to get a good accountant, right? You have those three things, and that creates a a level of protection around you, your personal assets and your business that is makes it almost untouchable. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody, nobody likes to deal with lawyers, but yo, when you're in a pinch, they come in handy. Uh, they, yes, they do. Yes, they do. (laughs) Hey, listen, let me tell you something without some attorneys, this, this, I could not have my building today. It's amazing on a couple of things that, because like any other entrepreneur, I've been sued also. And, and that was, that was brutal. What I'd like to do, Patrick, you have a very unique story on why you do what you do and how you help people with the IRS. I told you before when you met me, right? I've been in an audit for almost it was two and a half solid years and I did not understand. Uh, um, this is Jose talking about, Hey, he hired you a year ago. Amazing money guy. <clears throat> right. I'm his money. And guy, so yeah. <laughs> the money guy. So I remember when you told me the story, cause I, you know, it, it crushed me and I couldn't find anybody, Patrick, to help me. My, my CPA at the time, one, I told you, I said, charge me $2,000 to sit with this IRS agent and just go over the paperwork. And then once it was done, you got to get all this together and, and, you know, good luck. It wasn't, there was no help. I did this all on my own and, and going to war on your own against an IRS machine and learning on, on the different things that happened was, was brutal. And and now when you're in, sorry for interrupting, Mark. When you're in a fight, you're not, especially as an entrepreneur, you're fighting to keep your business going, keep your customers happy. You're, you know, you're you're fighting all the time, and then to have a level come in on top of that, like an audit or you know something like that, or a lawsuit or anything where you've got to fight an external force outside of the business. I mean, the level of stress that that creates, you know 
you know, awesome that you're a, a fighter, Mark. If it wasn't for that, that you, you didn't have all that fight in you, man, could you imagine how differently the the outcome of that story would be? Yes, because you could definitely fold because it, it, it's it's something, you know, I remember my mindset going, you know, these guys out of the blue send you bills. You know, I told you one was they wanted $95,000 for one year and 65000 for another year. And I'm like, I don't know what planet you think I'm on. I mean, you're looking at a business that is nowhere near. If I said if I could make that type of money, writing you a check would not be an issue. Okay. And I'll just never forget it. Right. And I was like, then going in. My CPA, I didn't realize now that the CPA I had for 20 years didn't didn't prepare me on how to make money as an entrepreneur or how to really use a corporation or anything else. I didn't really understand it all. And today on on the tax, what it can do for you. So you have a unique story. This is why you wrote this book of you, The Dirty Little Secrets of the IRS, because why don't you go ahead and tell the story of yeah. what happened to you and why you do what you do? So when I was when I was younger, my my I have a lot of respect for my father, right? He was a self-made man. He never went to college, but he was always very ambitious. He was always very intelligent. Um, he just came from the wrong side of the tracks, as my as my grandfather called it. <laughs> um, and uh, he worked his way up to be one of the best plastic extrusion engineers in you know, all of Southern Michigan um, and, and possibly the entire, you know, the Eastern half of the U S um, he had job offers from Maryland to North Carolina, to Illinois, back up to Michigan, Ohio. He was bouncing all over the place, New York. Um, and we moved about every four years while he was an employee. Um, then he finally got after, you know, getting a, creating a few patents for machinery and processes and all of that being taken by his employers because it was created while he was an employee for them um, and that he didn't have any rights to. Uh, he was like, well, let me let me stop making dollars for someone else and let me go try to make a few cents for myself. So he went out, became an entrepreneur, started his own uh, plastic extrusion manufacturing company and we lasted like seven years in business, right? We had made it over the five-year hump. We were, you know, by all accounts, we should have been good. Um, but um, as it happens with, you know, entrepreneurs, you get to a certain point where you're, uh, you're faced with an option, you know? Do I pay my employees or do I pay the IRS? And mm -hmm. so... My father was being a very family oriented and our employees were family. Right. So he made the call to pay his employees and, you know, wait, um, paying on the IRS, but then come to find out that none of his tax returns and uh, payroll returns were actually being filed at the point at that. Um, so then pay to 
got a little bit of feedback um, on your heart attack there you go there you go you're back you were you were you were back. stuck for a second you're back to me so all this irs let's go back just this this a second sure. irs is coming after him to the point he had a mild heart attack correct yeah he ended up in the hospital with a mild heart attack having many strokes uh from everything and just uh we we almost lost him we were afraid of, we were going to lose my father um he uh, eventually had to sell his business out from underneath the IRS, sell his equipment to one of his customers, and go to work for them running his business until he could pay off the IRS. Mm. Shut, yeah, shut I, I, I totally, yeah, I totally see how that is. I mean, for a long time, it was a monkey on my back, right? And And I told you that. I didn't understand how it goes either. Right. First, you first, you get your first look and then they, the next thing is you get to, to get to a, a point where before you go to a tax court, you have this mediation and these people really don't work for the IRS and they don't work for you. They're kind of mediator between the two. That's where I was. Yep. yep. And believe tax it or out. not, those, yeah, those, those tasks, they actually helped me, believe it or not. They weren't just, um, he just wasn't just, you know, cut and dry. And, and this is what it is. He those, said, Hey, go ahead. Those are the only, those are the only, um, lifeline that we have to kick the IRS's butt is the tax advocates. They're the only organization that has the ability to make the IRS move. Yeah. And, and he certainly did that for me. And, you know, I told you that, I came out of one year not owing anything and the other year ending up owing $1,100. And it was a huge win. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I could have fought. I could have <laughs> fought that, but I found somebody. It was one of my my students' wives that's very good with numbers. She's the one that kind of, he told us, he goes, hey, Mark, this is all you're showing me right here isn't what I need. Our very first meeting, he goes, if I don't, if I can't see this, I can't help you. And she understood what he was looking for. And then we went to work. Yep. And I can tell you right yep. now, Patrick, I don't know how many people you've helped. You know, of course, afterwards, you're the kind of guy that could have helped me with this kind of stuff. Right. And so I said, because yeah. there was nobody to help me. There's no attorney. There's nobody that no. would go with me. There's nobody that could help me understand what I'm looking to do, what I should do. I did this all on my own, man. Put the gloves on. And I remember that day. I said, this is like a fight. I'm On the way there, uh, Gisela was with me, and I'm like, and she's like, what is up? I said, I feel like I'm getting ready to compete. And I said, I'm going to knock the shit out of the opponent that is right in front of me, right? And this is just, this is how I used to compete, right? And I was ready for a fight, man. And I went in there armed. But I tell you, man, I cannot be more... When they come knocking on your door, they can't do anything if you've got proof of everything that you've done. I can tell you that. Yep, that's exactly it. So you kind of you kind of shade in here. Even if you shade, you better have the shade proof, okay, that you have this, this, and this. And so I did some certain things, right, because I used to write my house off a little bit. But now 
See, my podcasting and everything, I have a license for my house now that my podcast is out of. So mm-hmm. now I, I went and got a business license for $65 or whatever it was in, in the county that I'm in for a, and, and a house permit where I get to write my podcast off now legally at my house. You know, I, I put everything in line. Yep. And yep. so and that's, how, that's how you have to do it. And that, I mean, that was the same problem my parents had, Mark. There was nobody for them to turn to. And anybody that you could turn to, they're charging five, six hundred dollars an hour just just to have a conversation with you. Yes. I, I mean, and that was the other thing, right? So people, I don't know if you've seen this or not, Patrick. You've been around a lot of people. People that have a lot of money can spend a lot of money to defend themselves because they really don't care. Yep. But that five, six hundred dollars and it equals out to be thousands of dollars. I might as well just pay the IRS off instead of I mean, what? why am I paying you thousands of dollars and I'm still going to have to owe them thousands of dollars? It just didn't make any sense. Yep. And so I had to go it alone. And you're right about that. I am kind of a fighter and uh, I didn't spend 20 years building something for for the IRS to come in and knock my feet out from under me and just, you know, dick me out of it. And I just yeah. didn't I wasn't I wasn't about it. And it was it was a tough couple years for me and uh that's when I, I i met you now let's talk more about your book now inside your book sure. right what so you did this because you know how the irs did what they did to your father and you're an advocate now for little guys like myself i mean we are definitely small business guys we're not the big corporation guys that is we are small business guys and most people are like this so let's break down your book a little bit Right. Danielle is on here saying hi to us. Um, let's break down your book a little bit uh, about what that what. Give me some. Let's 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 just just do a, a reader's digest version of it. You know sure. what I mean? The what main, what you decided to do. Thing, the main thing that I talk about a lot in the book is changing the mindset of how you look at taxes, the tax code and dealing with the IRS, because a lot of people are scared of the IRS and with good reason. But we also have to remember that these laws are in place for our benefit, not to our detriment. And when we can utilize them to our benefit, that's when we win. And that's when the law is actually effective. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So I go into a lot about um, changing the mindset, shifting the mindset on that. Then I also talk about breaking down the individual entity structures. Uh, because a lot of people don't know if you're making under a hundred thousand dollars a year, you really don't need an S corp. <laughs> you know, yeah. if you're if you're just starting out in business or you've got a little side hustle, a sole proprietorship may be enough, right? There's maybe not you may not have a reason to be an LLC yet, right? Yes. Now, when you when you start getting into the more complex things like planning and generational wealth and passing assets down without triggering taxable events and things like that. That's when you get into, you know, partnerships, trusts, corporations, things like that. Um, I don't go too deep into strategy because there's so much that depends on the specific that it's hard to put that all into a book without it being a textbook uh, size. Uh, And I wanted this to be easily digestible for people. Um, You know, I talk about some of the two largest deductions that people miss out on and that section 179 deductions and 
uh, depreciation or bonus depreciation, right? Um, like for example, if you had a hundred thousand dollar profit in your business last year and you wanted to not pay any taxes on that, well, a good way to get rid of that or an easy way, not a good way, an easy way to get rid of that is to go buy a G wagon. Nobody needs a G wagon, but some people like the car. It's a hundred thousand dollar car. Well, because of the tax cuts and jobs act and the bonus depreciation, you can finance that vehicle over however many years you can finance it, 8, 10, 12, 5, whatever. And then you can take that full $100,000 deduction in year one. So if you had a $100,000 profit that you were going to pay taxes on in 2022, but you bought a 6,000 pound plus vehicle that was $100,000, they balance each other out. So now your taxable income is zero. Let's see. Little things like that is just things that I don't know how many people even know about stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? That yeah. how can that be? How can that be what it is? You know what I mean? And that's just using the law to your benefit. If you pay attention, the other thing I talk about in the book is if you pay attention to the laws that are passed, especially when it comes to like tax incentives and things like that or tax cuts or tax breaks or whatever, you can find where the government wants you to invest your money, right? Like you look at the Inflation Act that the Biden administration passed. That Inflation Act has some very, very um, interesting, shall we say, um, energy or um, renewable energy incentives in it. Right. So they re-increase the solar tax credit uh, back to 26 or 30 percent, whatever it is. But then they also added a provision where nonprofits can now take advantage of those tax credits. When you think about it, how can a nonprofit who doesn't get taxed take advantage of a tax credit? The government is mm -hmm. going to pay them out a rebate in cash instead of the tax incentive because they get no tax. <laughs> see, I didn't I didn't even know about that. See, now this is what you see, this is what you are is you're keeping up even on the new each new administration has something. Yep. You know, just this little lesson right here, Patrick. I'm just gonna tell you right now, you, you know, because if anybody knows me, he knows I can't stand Biden. Uh, but you don't really know what that administration's doing that you can take advantage of at that particular time, right? Yep. So I didn't I had no idea of that. Now, is that including in businesses? Right. So if I and, and I own the property that I have my my studio in. Right. I own this piece of property. Mm -hmm. So is that incentive for us also? Is it for corporations? Yeah. Is it for yeah. that kind of stuff? If I decide to put solar on my own own place? Yep. So then so you can also so if you ever need a new roof, getting solar is a great way to get a new roof, because then. You depreciate the roof along with the solar panels because they come as sort of like a package. And then you get a 26% tax credit on the new roof and the solar panels. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, see, I and then I, you I also then you also get the renewable energy, what they call SRECs. So they're like renewable energy certificates that you can sell on the the energy markets so you can get money back 
Interesting. Yes. So, yeah, that's this is the kind of stuff, Patrick. I I I encourage my young, my young guys um, that own own businesses, right? Even myself, right? I I opened up. I put all my booking stuff and everything underneath my podcasting. So everything uh, that I did, even with the co-author network, all that kind of stuff was a major expense this year to get my book out. And so I put yeah. it all under the, under the podcasting sole proprietor. And that's how I did it uh, because I hadn't, I hadn't really had a LLC or anything to, to deal with at this point. So, you know, that's how I took advantage of, of that, of that, uh, tax thing at this, at this point. But what was it? So let's, you know, I try and encourage, uh, I try and encourage everybody to have a conversation with somebody that has some, some knowledge, you know, most CPAs, I'm, I'm just going to tell you right now, you know what they do? They prepare your taxes. They don't prepare you for, I've yet to see any young, I, I don't know. I, I talked to all kinds of guys. I've helped a lot of people open up their schools and I've, and I've helped them with getting through pitfalls of in business, what's going to come in a martial arts world, right? How do you make money in a martial arts world instead of just what do you get per month on somebody that's, that's going to pay for monthly lessons? What else is there, right? There's upgrades, there's, you know, basic programs and elite programs. There's different avenues of, uh, you know, revenue streams inside your business that you got to have retail, this, that, all that. So you have to have all that. And I've taught people over the years, my experiences, what, what's going to come about, but I've yet to ever have anybody, uh, understand taxes. You know, I, I've not talked to one small business guy that says, Oh, my accountant's awesome. You don't want to know. And I asked him the reason. I said, why is your accountant so awesome? For what? Oh, he just knows how to write everything off the end of the year like I don't make any money. I said, okay, well, that's great for the taxes. Where where are we at long term? You know, where, where you have generational wealth or whatever. And unfortunately, it's not till I've gotten older that I realized that, you know, you start realizing your mortality, number one. And how am I going to yeah. set this up so my kids don't get screwed out of this building or whatever else I have going on? How do I go about doing that? Right? Where where yeah. do I where do I where do I draw that line? And that's where I had to have a trust. And there's a lot of things uh, that I don't know about. Right? Uh, you're even even to the point of what's going to happen on your deathbed or this is going to be set up and you got everything in a trust. I've heard about this, but I only hear about people that really are in the, in the higher echelon money bracket, right? How you make no money and you own nothing and control, had, control everything. own nothing. That's that is, tell me that isn't the wealthiest way. You know, I, 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 I laugh all the time because people made fun of Trump all the time about, oh, he didn't pay any taxes. And I remember him looking at him going, that's because I'm smart. I take, advantage. Tax code, yep, right? I take advantage of the same thing your donors take advantage of. So if you want me to pay taxes, you're going to have to change the laws. But I know you that's won't right. 
because your donors take advantage of the same things I do. <laughs> I'll never forget him saying that going all these money guys that, you know, all these guys that are super rich and they, and they keep hounding you about how the rich don't pay or whatever, but yet they never talk about changing the tax laws. They only want to divide and conquer, you know, uh, wealthy and, and, and down here in the poverty, you know, that's all they want to do. That's because and so that they, was, they can continue to pit people against each other. If they can continue to, get people to focus on the wrong things, then they can do whatever they want. Yeah. I, I it's, it's, this has been, I remember, you know, it was super eye opening sitting with you, Patrick. I'm just going to tell you, you know, we, we, you know, we kind of gelled because we had some personal things the same, but listening to you and having somebody that is an advocate for a small business guy. I'm just telling you, everybody that's out there listening to me, you guys that own studios and stuff like that. And you don't have a you don't have an accountant that is getting you to the next level of where you where you can be. You need to have you need to have a conversation, right? You do take on clients and stuff like that, and that's the other thing we talked about, Patrick. You just because you, you you're here, you operate in several other states. Is that correct? Yeah, thirteen across the country: um, California, uh, Washington State, Oregon. Um, Nevada being a few, Utah now. Um, but Is multiple primarily... wives allowed in Utah? That's when I was wondering if, if do you get multiple Fed wives federally. discounts? <laughs> the federal. Federally, federally, it is a crime. Polygamy is not legal in the United States. However, <laughs> if each one of those wives was a business entity, I'm sure you could That's find good. some write-offs. <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> i'm gonna get i'm gonna get hate mail i'm gonna get hate mail <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna try and cancel me but cancel away i'm always up for that fight too um that's funny that's really good so your book dirty little secrets of the irs where do you have a website for that or do you is it strictly on amazon the best way to get it it's so if you want if you want a personal signed copy you've got to come to me Right. So the IRS dirty little secret dot com. <clears throat> it's on um, Amazon, um, Kindle and paperback. It's also apparently now on B Barnes and Noble um, and a few other retailers. OK, how 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 did you manage that? Um, to be honest, I'm not entirely sure. I was going through my Amazon setup and tweaking some things. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, hey, do you want us to push you out to like more places? And I was like, sure. And they were like, <laughs> we charge a bigger commission for that. And I was like, well, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's it was interesting. I saw you on Barnes and Noble. I'm like, I was thinking about sneaking some of my books into Barnes and Noble and see how people, when they go try and pay for them, what, what are they going to say? What are they going to do? I thought about the same thing. I'm totally, yes. I'm totally going to do it. Just one or two so copies. Just, I'm it, just going to go in it. there. I'm going to take a picture. It's going to be like a publicity stunt. <laughs> like find the book. Where's Waldo? <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm going to do it. I'm, I'm doing it. Michael Favors on too. To go check out, they're like, this UPC code doesn't work. 
<laughs> I can't wait to do it. I'm doing it so much. Oh, gosh. Uh, so Michael Faber's on saying hi. Did you catch him this morning? He was fired up, man. Oh, man. Michael was Faber was getting fire. ready to go in the ring. I right? was laughing. I was in my I was in my room getting ready for this podcast today, and I was laughing at him, going, "Oh, he is fired the frick up today, man." Faber was, it was on awesome. point. No, no, no toxic BS, man. <laughs> I hate toxic people. <clears throat> I just like to choke the shit out of them. To be honest with you. Uh, so yeah, I. Uh, I'm not gonna yuck your yum. Oh, Faber said he did that too. He 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 went in and did that. He did that too. Let's see what we're gonna see. Daniela says, "See, we're gonna start a trend. All of this, all of us authors are gonna start this trend. You watch. I know someone that did that in the Barnes and Noble. The manager contacted the author and helped. Uh, oh, yeah, interesting. Okay. Oh shit. Here's favor. F the toxic. Yeah, you got. You think." I got something for toxic people. I'll I'll knock the toxic right out of them uh, and help them with the process of getting their book in the store. That is so interesting to me. But now that we've talked about it, that will be something I do uh, for sure on. uh, You know what? We need to figure out. We need to figure out if there's a Barnes and Noble. I'm sure there's a Barnes and Nobles here in Vegas. And we need to put our book at the same time. At the same time? You and me. Okay. At the same time. So I'm coming. I am, All right. Yes, I am positive that you guys are too close to me not for me to drive out. It's a four hour drive. I'll leave at the crack of dawn and I'll be there before, you know, before you know it. And, uh, you know, look at all the love you're getting, Mike Favor. See that? That's a good you dude. Bearded right there, stud. Yeah, he's a bearded stud, isn't he? Um, <laughs> so I'm doing that. You guys are too close for me not to come and drive. And so I'm going to bring some books. You and I, I know that there is a Barnes and Noble. There has to be in Vegas. There has to Not be. that people yeah. really go there to, to go. Uh, uh, but we'll, we'll see. Leave your book in the general section that your book is and see what happens. See, Danielle is all about it, man. <laughs> I got, it. I got it. Yeah, that's it. I got mine right here, too. Here it is. Yeah, I'm definitely doing that. We're going to do that. I'm bringing some books. We're going to find it. I'll, I'll do the legwork before I get out there on where it's going to be, and then we can we can do that. As a matter of fact, I'm probably going to bring a couple to my fight gyms out there that I know. Okay. And then, uh, and, and then we'll, we'll do that for sure. Bingo, bingo, man. I love it. So that's good, man. So let's see. Danielle is all about it. See that? Go for it, guys. What do you have to lose? I don't have nothing to lose. I don't even that's give it. a shit. And what are they going to no. do? Call me and put me in uh, Barnes & Noble jail? Right. Listen, I've had the IRS come after me. (laughs) That's about as bad as it gets. You know what I mean? Unless the law is coming after me. I don't really. uh, After that, we're going to sweat too much after that. You know, that's for sure. So I want to talk one more, you know, as as we get going here um, about. Well, what first of all, you wrote that book last year, correct? Is that the only book that you've written or have you written any others? So I was in two other anthologies before that. Um, so that was my first solo book. Oh, gotcha. Um, it is. So I, um, going through school, school was always actually really hard for me because I was, uh, dyslexic. Um, so English and writing has always been a bit of a struggle. So me being able to say that I've actually published a book all on my own is, is something that I've always, I've always wanted to do. I actually am, uh, um, in the process of putting together a, uh, uh, short, like kids novel series as well. 
but that's neither here nor there. Well, isn't it? Wouldn't it be awesome to have some kind of a kids? You know, I don't. I don't know anything. At least when I was in school, I'm a little older than you guys. So when I was in school, they at least had shop classes, right? We would learn how to how to change our own oil. I didn't even have a mechanic do anything for me when I was a kid. I did all that, changed my own brakes and stuff. Now is that you know, when you make a little bit of money, you're like, nah, man, you can do that. I ain't doing that. And so yeah, I ain't crawling around under the car. <laughs> so uh, you know, I remember I was telling my children, I said I had a VW bug at the time, and they were so awesome that I kind of I fell asleep working graveyard shift and I we were in bumper to bumper traffic and I and I fell asleep and I hit an 18 wheeler that just bented the whole front of my car when I fell asleep on the freeway. Luckily, we're only going 15 miles an hour. Right. Right. And I barely woke up from the crash, let alone remember I was in it. Right. But there's only like 12 bolts and you unbolt the body and you can put another VW body right on top. And uh, and put the 12 volts, 12 bolts back on. And I was like, man, this is awesome, man. This is I remember doing that as a kid, but I don't remember any money. I, I encouraged my children. Now, I didn't go to college. I mean, it was, wasn't my thing, believe it or not. Now, you know, and an author and an entrepreneur, I didn't do college at all. All my children have graduated college, whether it's an AA degree up to a four year degree. So they all have this. But I didn't go that route. And I encourage Michael and I encourage my other sons. I said, if you're going to go to school, unless you're going to be a doctor or a lawyer or anything of that of that sort, I think you should make sure you have an accounting class, a speech class, as as because you know it sucks to do speech class. Most people don't like it, but at least it's going to get you your nerves out and get you in front of people. You know, of course, these woke schools. You know, you got to talk about shit you don't want to talk about, but. Uh, right. and then the other thing is in, a, is an accounting class and, and how to formulate letters in an English class. So you have these, these three things. So you have some kind of understanding. What does profit and loss mean? You'd be surprised on how many people don't even know what that means. They have no clue what that means. Or do you go through your numbers? And I'm bad at this too. I don't go through my numbers on a monthly. I should be going through my numbers on a monthly and say, oh man, this is, we need to cut here. We need to do this here. And then you're going to be surprised. I don't know if you tell your clients this or not. How many auto pays do you have that you don't even use in today's world? Yep. I, I mean, and there's an app out there now that will tell you, these are all your auto pays. You want to cancel them? I'll go in and cancel them for you and start hitting ding, ding, ding. And you start canceling stuff out and you're saving thousands of dollars a year. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And so I think that, I think that that would be having a kid's book out in kids finances. It's hard to talk to kids about finances. And it was hard to talk to teenagers about finances because they just don't understand it. But if you had, I know this, if you had enthusiasm about what you're teaching or teach them, Hey, let's have, let's have a business class. Let's make a small business and let's go from a to B let's create uh, this widget. And then let's take it to fruition and see, did you market it? Did you do this? Is it worth it? Are you improving somebody's life? Will somebody want to buy your product because it's going to be an improvement in their life? Is that going to be something that you can do? And I think that 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 can go a long way in in, in today's world for sure. So you know, some kind of a uh, a book like that. What you're going to do, Patrick? And you sold out of your books, and your and and I think you're probably one of the only ones that sold out of their books. And I know why, right? <laughs> yes. You want to know why? Because 
your what you talk about, Patrick, is is it affects everybody, mm. right? And the title the title goes really well with it too. Dirty little secrets of the IRS, right? Because as soon as you say IRS and you have an entrepreneur, the usually it's the double middle fingers, right? Uh, right in there is what you get, right? Those guys can <laughs> suck it. You know what I mean? Yep. And with that too, you know. I've learned over the years because I, I, I hated it. I hate the accountant. I hate going every year and I know what's about to come down and how do we, how do I make it? So it looks like I don't make any money. And am I using, uh, you know, what, what, what is that? What is that going to look like? And so I'm not surprised that your book sold out because it affects every person in that room. It affects and every person in that room is going to, it's going to affect differently. Okay. So what, what is it that, I could get out of what he's doing. This is my niche. And my niche has this. And should I, you know, well, and that was, and that was, I, one, I, and that was one of the reasons why, why I wanted to, to write, write the book, not a little bit more loosely than, than specific. Right. Because mm -hmm. then there's multiple people that can take things. If you can understand the concept that I was trying to get across, which is actually the, the craziest thing is that you can, you can, taxes are optional. If you do it right, if you play by the rules that the law is established for, taxes are optional, but you have to do it correctly. Otherwise, you can get in a lot of trouble or you can have to deal with a lot more headaches, right? That's correct. Yes. You've got the, the real key is you've got to be able to structure your personal life in close alignment with your business life so that there's a lot of dual use. Right. So your business literally funds your personal life and everything you do in life. And that's why the, the concept of own nothing but control everything is so powerful, because if you can figure out how to orchestrate your life that way, you have no limits to the freedom that you possess domestically or abroad. And the one thing the one thing that I always wanted to make sure, especially in my life, was that. I couldn't be trapped and that there was security for me and my family because I experienced my dad losing everything and going into the hospital and being like, are what, what are we getting? You know, my mom's got an interior design degree that she never used because <laughs> she was a stay at home. No, like, what were we going to do? <laughs> <What's>... <laughs> Yeah, I get that. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's something, man. This is uh yeah, this is I knew that this would be something that uh, we could talk about on on pretty regularly, you know, cuz and then to ask you, you know, you know, your before I ask you, you have this 10x thing also. Now, how did you go about getting that? You this what you did. Let's I want to talk about two, two more things before we end, right? Is how'd you get the speaker thing? Did you go through a class with Cardone or what did you do with that? I paid Grant Cardone a lot of money <laughs> <laughs> to get that hat, is what you to did. Get that hat. Um, and actually, so there is an actual full certification process, right? Uh, one of the really cool things about being a, a 10X licensee or a Grant Cardone licensee um, and 
Uh, I'm actually about to go to a, a summit where we, I actually am going to be learning about a potential um, franchisee oppor opportunity with 10X and Grant Cardone on top of what I'm doing right now to literally help businesses grow and scale and um, uh, do some other really cool things. Um, but to become a part of that program, I had to go through a Cardone University um, certification process where it was literally, I want to say like 60 days of just day after day, like course training. And then there was a, uh, two, two day events down in Miami at Cardone, uh, 10X headquarters in Miami. Um, meeting the the whole rest of the team, um, hanging out with Grant Cardone himself, um, hanging out with the other licensees that are there, um, getting to know the staff that's there to support us. Because what what this pro what this pro project program is is essentially it's Grant Cardone's legacy, right? He wants to be able to make sure that his uh, information and stuff gets passed on in perpetuity so he's leaving that legacy in us so that we can take his material and we can go out and we can help other businesses with it mm. that's good that's good I, yeah i was wondering how that went about uh, on that so that's that's interesting interesting stuff tell us about your uh you broke a world record what is that the guinness book of world records of what what the, you do the most people signing a book simultaneously <laughs> What? <laughs> That's that, funny. That was the world Who record. Comes up with that category. Did you? <laughs> so it was it was me and Emilio in Canada with 126 other authors, and the Guinness Book people came out. Did did this whole shebang? Like they showed up. And like timed us, and like we had like two seconds to autograph um, a book, and it was really cool because it was a book that went bestseller um, on Amazon, and it was a book that all of us 126 authors were actually in. <laughs> and you signed the book. And we signed the book. We all of us at the same time in the same room, and we broke the world record. <laughs> Well, it is what it is, right? <laughs> I get my, my, my students listen. My students all the time ask me, Mr. Cox, you should do the breaking. I'm like, man, I'm too old for that anymore, man. You had to hit me up and when I was a young man. I'm not gonna go down and break in ten thousand bricks, okay? Uh at my age now, man. You gotta be out of your freaking mind. I'm not doing that anymore. <laughs> you know, I'm good. I'm a I'm a good circus show for for a little bit of a, a showmanship back in the you know at 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 the co-author network I, I can i can break some bricks and and have some fun but it's uh you know i had more fun teaching daniel gomez how to break bricks than i did breaking my own he was like a kid in a candy shop for crying out loud right so that was <laughs> yeah that was cool see this this is that uh, is emilio yes guinness world record and he uses it for marketing emilio will use tying his shoe for marketing bro yeah okay 
All right. He's the king of it. You know, he just knows what's up, man. Everything is 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 uh, push it forward and, and 10 times better than what what you could ever imagine. He's awesome at that. Really, really yes, good. So. All right. Well, we're rolling up, dude. I'm sure you're busy, too. You got some some clients that you got You got to do. And uh, this was an awesome hour. I'd like to do it again with you uh one time and we can get a little more specific you know i think we ought to have just a monthly thing that says money talks bullshit walks uh you know uh that type of uh that type of of cast where you can um you know where you can just talk a little bit about money and have something more specific say hey this is the thing that we're gonna we're gonna speak on here and and uh, because i got a good audience of of entrepreneurs you know a lot of yada young guys that own schools and and I and, and you know what's you know what sucks. I'm going to be honest with you, man. With this, I've told you this before. My my, <clears throat> I got my social security thing in. So if I get my full social security at the time that I whatever, I get eighteen hundred dollars a month. Eighteen hundred dollars a month. <clears throat> I make more money doing a seminar than than what you're going to give me for a whole month, right? Yep. And so you have to create this. And I would say that most martial arts school owners, this is in my niche of things, they don't have a, a, a road to success for, you know, they don't have 401ks and all that kind of stuff set up. I try and encourage them, even that, even at least set something up, even for your employees, whether they take advantage of it or not, right, is up to them. But And, and how to use your business to finance something that for you in the future that you can have a retirement because i'm going to tell you that most martial arts school owners do not have a retirement they're out here beating their beating it up and they're going to get beat up and and the the older they get there is none of this um retirement and so what do you what are we going to do you know live on social security and i'm sure that my niche is not the only one that has that has that problem we all have a facebook life where we look like we're the best thing that sliced bread and and right and this is our but when it comes down to the meat and potatoes, this business is me. It's the face of me. And I'm trying to duplicate me so that my son can take over and do his thing and it not be Mark Cox, right? It'd be Michael Cox. And he's got his own, you know, he's got his own following and his own thing. He's not, and dad has a big shoes to follow. You know what I mean? But I'm going to just tell you that I would say that most entrepreneurs and young men and women that own schools do not have a retirement plan. And you know why? Because their money is taken by the IRS and they don't know how to take their money and utilize it to pay here. And especially in California, man, where everything's so expensive and we're just trying to live, you know, a hundred thousand dollars here is not shit. And then I just talking to my son on just his, his wife's a, um, a school teacher. And I thought that they're in the, and, and like a cop, at least at a cop, you know, you start at 95,000 a year, not even close, not even close. I was a school teacher and I'm like, wow, we don't even, we don't even pay our school teachers squat, diddly squat. And so being able to have people learn how to make their money last longer and not pay it off to the IRS and get in different task brackets, I think is something that you bring to the table, Patrick. It was, it's always been a pleasure meeting you. And just, you know, I hate to end more in a somber note, but I'm just going to tell you that most entrepreneurs do not have uh, a way out. That's why they try and hope their business continues on when they can't or whatever it's going to be because they have not set themselves up for uh, success in their older years. And I'm in my older years. And so I know what I'm talking about and because it comes along quick. So I just want to appreciate you for taking the time and getting, you know, wanting to help the little guy out and, 
I will make sure that we put it out there. But if you're up for some some shows here yeah. once a month and we just talk about money a little bit, I'm, I'm totally be down for that. Yeah, I'm down okay. too, man. I, you know, I firmly believe a rising tide raises all ships. So yes, if yeah, I can, if I, I can help, if I can help people avoid the trap that you know my father fell into, and you know this and same thing, he's retired on Social Security, right? You know, right. he didn't have a pension. I, you know, he was he's it became a consultant after his business failed, and you know that was that was it. That was it. You know, there wasn't anything left. Yeah. 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 And, and, and listen to that. Yeah. Living on social security. I can imagine, I, you know, I'd have to go to Timbuktu or somebody living in with my kids or something at 1800 a month. You know what I mean? It's just like, I, I, I can't even fathom it. Right. I can't even fathom that, that kind of, that kind of lifestyle. So yeah. that's why I still have to do jujitsu and uh, so that I can stay young. So uh, as young as I can for as long as I can, you know what I mean? So absolutely. Man. All right. Well, I Patrick, Patrick, thanks so much for this, uh, this hour. I, I learned so much from you, man, all the time. Every time I talk to you, man, I really appreciate you. You're a good you, dude. Mark. Really? Same are. brother. All right. Yeah. I'll see you guys. I'm coming Thursday guys. I'm going to be seeing everybody. Okay. I can't all right. wait. All right. We'll see you, man. Love you guys. Bye. You've been listening to real talk with Mark Cox. Real life, real topics, real conversation. We're passionate about motivation, fitness, self-defense, weight loss, and coming at it from a real angle. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. And we hope you had fun. We know we did. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit us up on Instagram and Facebook at MarkCox100. Make sure to subscribe and review. And tell a friend or two about the show. For more, hit up the website at markcox.com. Till next time, keep it real.